Welcome to the Leadership Antidote Podcast. Here's your host, Dr. Kim. Hello, Leadership Antidote Podcast listeners. This is Dr. Kim here. I am so excited to introduce this episode's guest. Please join me in welcoming Dr. Nicole Grubling. Nicole is the Senior Networks Director with National Networks for Vizient. In this role, she leads the development of medical and nursing leadership series. With over 20 years of experience in nursing, Nicole brings rich experiences and insight as a healthcare leader. The focus of her work has been interprofessional team development, operational improvement, including capacity management, and my personal favorites, employee engagement and team development. In addition to her role, Nicole is an adjunct professor at Marquette University. When not supporting leaders, Nicole lives with her husband and three teenage boys in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Please join me in welcoming Dr. Grubling. Hello, Dr. Kim. Hey, Nicole. How oh my are God. you? Bless this day and all who's sharing it. <laughs> this yes. is my Thursday miracle. Yes. Yes. Oh you my God. are here. It is so good to hear your voice on the you other too. end of the phone. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for having me. I'm super happy to be here. Your story is so unique and exciting. So I have to ask, what were some experiences along your journey that led you to where you are now? I really would say I started my leadership journey is now what I would reference as a complete accidental leader. Um, (laughs) I... (laughs) In an effort to move closer to family, I accepted a traveler position. So lived very briefly in Florida and accepted a traveler position at a level one trauma center back in Wisconsin. It was really important to me. I had one small child at the time. And during that traveler contract, I just, I loved solving problems. I loved helping others on my team and working towards solutions. So from that position, I was asked to um, stay on and become a charge nurse in um, Mm -hmm. that setting. And from that charge nurse position, I was asked to take on my first, what I would call larger formal leadership role. This position really pushed me and my ability to think critically and consider the larger picture. I also gained exposure in incident command and large scale incident command. Uh, Mm -hmm. It also really helped me to hone my skills in negotiation and balancing priorities (laughs) and working well under pressure because things were constantly changing. So help me to just get some leadership agility, I would say. Mm -hmm. That's a good word for it. Agility. That's a really good word for it. It's Mm -hmm. it's that, that I think it's tough to naturally come about that leadership agility that just takes some time and experience. So then from that position, I took a fairly traditional path for a while and um, worked as a unit manager, you know, 28 bed general medicine unit, really tough patient population, but absolutely amazing staff. Then was the manager of multiple units. So taking that step in the direction of becoming eventually a formal, um, 
director of nursing. And as Mm -hmm. a director of nursing, I led a majority of my time in the inpatient environment and then spent a couple of years in the ambulatory environment, understanding that this was just a gap in my knowledge that I wanted to have filled, knowing where healthcare was going. So really, as things progressed, I feel like I became much more intentional about my own leadership development. Uh, I seized every opportunity that I could to skills and then decided to continue to formally continue my education. So, you know, like many others, I was working full-time as a director of nursing at a level one trauma center, married, raising three boys who at the time, uh, elementary and middle school, and mm-hmm. I was working on my doctorate. And this was just a mm. really, um, I hate to say it, it was a really stressful time especially the last year of my doctorate, I had a very demanding role, um, was working on my capstone and completing my clinical hours in addition to trying to sustain that quote unquote normal uh, home Mm -hmm. life for my kids. And I was really stretched to a point, which I, I had done to myself, but stressed to a point where I experienced a significant shift and I just wasn't finding the joy in my work that I always had. Mm -hmm. So that, you know, that was, tough and, and, and disappointing for me because I have always loved to work. And, and, and I'll tell you a little bit more about that, but I had returned to school completely with the intention to continue on this very traditional leadership journey. So while working on my doctorate and going through this experience, I just realized that I needed to broaden my mindset and think about all possibilities for my future and my career. And really fortunate to have exposure to my current company uh, while working through my clinical hours uh, on my doctorate. So this just kind of goes to show you that be open to possibilities and that timing is everything. Mm -hmm. You bring up a really interesting thing. So for the last, probably, I'd say probably about the last four years, I've been really interested in the challenges of adult learners Mm -hmm. because the reality is in higher ed, they tend to get lumped into this student category. And what I've been doing over the last four years is, is trying to get administration to understand the responsibilities that, that an adult learner has on top of school is very different from the 18 year old freshman. Sure. Totally. (laughs) Totally. And you know, even as, as an adult learner, it's really tough to admit that. So you're trying to be a super human to everybody. And I vividly remember a conversation with my husband where I said, you know, I am trying to give a hundred percent to everything. And I feel like I'm coming in at about 50% on everything. And that's just a horribly disappointing spot to be in when you, when you're used to enjoying being an overachiever. That's fun. Yeah. (laughs) That's fun. Yeah. Feeling like you're coming up short is not really a great spot to be (laughs) at all. But I would just say that it does. It's okay to say that. And it's okay to, to feel that way. It's just tough to, I say that now in hindsight, that's the beauty of hindsight, but at the time Mm -hmm. it was, it was a really difficult spot. It's hard to say I'm coming up short. Right. I'm I'm not, you know, and what's crazy is nine times out of 10, no one in your support system is upset with you about it. Totally. But you're upset with yourself because. You're spot on. Yes. 
No one, yeah. everyone's like, we don't expect you to do that. Why are you doing this to yourself? Yes. Yes. <laughs> and you're the only one going, but I have to, I have to, I have to. So right. it, it, it's, it's a really interesting thing to observe, especially from, from, from my roles. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm glad that you shared that because I think there are quite a few people that need to hear that. And and um, wouldn't mm-hmm. you like, wouldn't you give anyone that latitude that you are so unwilling to give yourself? Like I, yes. <laughs> in a second, I would, you know, offer my support and say, you can do this and you don't have to be perfect. It's okay. Yes. It's yes. okay. If your kids get a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and don't get a fresh made salad for lunch, like no one's going to yes. die. it's gonna die it's okay it's so true it's so true and we we set these expectations um Mm -hmm. for ourselves no one else is doing it we set it for ourselves but I think that's also you know it's the secret sauce to really effective leaders but it's also their kryptonite totally Totally. I I think you're right. I think the, the most exciting thing about that whole time though, is that it led me this really unique adventure. That's my, that is my career now. And that that's been about, I've been in this position now almost two years and it was a non-traditional step for me, but it's been absolutely fantastic. And, and when I say non-traditional, I mean, I didn't take or I didn't try to obtain necessarily that traditional chief nursing officer position. Mm-hmm. But in my current role, I have the privilege to work with clinical executives, including chief nursing officers from across the nation. Mm-hmm. I work to understand what their needs are. And then I help to drive them to a solution or find a solution for them. So I now lead at a vantage point that I would never have imagined myself in, you know, I, I get to work closely with nurse executives who are literally changing the face of healthcare. And that is an honor. So, and you know, Mm -hmm. I have to say, I'm just really accept that my company does uh, the priority that they put into their employees communities in which they reside. There's a significant focus on volunteering and we're supported to do Mm -hmm. so. So I really think through over the last two years, I've really been able to find my joy again, which is refreshing. I feel like myself. Yes. And that's an important thing to say, right? Because you know, one a, a huge chunk of the work I do is is leadership burnout prevention and all that. And that's an important thing. When when I am coaching a leader and I hear them say, I don't feel like myself, huge red flag goes up. Yes. And I'm like, okay, let's, let's, let's talk about this. Why don't you feel like yourself? And what I'm hearing from you is you found an organization that aligns your, your passion, your purpose completely gives you the resources. And so that's why your performance is so exceptional. Right. Because everything comes together. You still, you know, there are some instances where some people need to abandon it all and leave an industry completely and do something different because maybe they ended up in an industry that wasn't necessarily mm-hmm. their calling, right? It was right. more so a I'm going to do this because everyone says it's what I should do. It's safe, it's practical. And it's going to provide me with a good living. But that wasn't necessarily 
their passion and their purpose. For right. you, you were able to find your passion and purpose through various experiences, you know, missteps, coming off the path, doing different things. And now you're settled into a company that sort of just checks all those critical Completely. boxes. Completely. And, I mean, I hear the excitement in your voice and I want you to explain. I know what you do. Yes. But explain to the listeners what it is that you do and why it's so cool that you get to do it as a nurse. Right. What's so cool about that? It's yeah. wild. You know, mm-hmm. when, when you're a nurse, or at least when I was a practicing nurse and even a nursing leader, I don't know that I realized that something like this really existed. So mm-hmm. I have two key pieces to my role. One piece of my role is to develop uh, leadership education, whether that be through a WebEx via the computer, like a fairly traditional program, and then also through a webcast, which is a televised program, and I get to moderate that program. What we do for that is we ask our members, we ask our nurse executives, you know, what are your greatest priorities over the course of the next year? And then we design four programs around those priorities and we figure out who is doing it, you know, the best in the nation or leading the way in the nation. And then I get to feature their great work. I mean, Mm -hmm. who, who would, who would have seen that coming? No one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I definitely didn't. I definitely didn't. And then the other really interesting part of my role is um, something that we refer to as networks or member connections. And that's bringing like individuals together, whether coalescing around a topic of, of choice or need for them, or it's bringing them together uh, based on their personas. So whether they're large system, academic medical center, nurse executives, they actually lead the conversation and saying, you know, here's where we think we can make an impact and can be a voice for the industry. And I get to help facilitate that conversation. So it's very exciting. Awesome. Do you ever bring industry and academia together? Bring those leaders together? Gosh. It's really funny that you say that. So I'm working on a meeting right now and we're having that conversation um, Mm -hmm. about how we can do that in this meeting, especially with the shift from AACN and looking at how Mm -hmm. uh, academia is going to change for nursing in the future uh, Mm -hmm. and understanding they're working to really understand what are those future care needs. So, right. Because it's funny. It's always interesting to hear academia and industry sometimes you'll 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 listen to the two and hear how people want to get on the same page but they don't necessarily know how to get on the same page well i think you're totally right and you'll see that whether it's academia and practice or whether mm-hmm. it's within one organization and you're looking at care from two vantage points unless yes. you understand the other person's perspective absolutely you can't understand the problem you're trying to solve. Yes. And that's something I, I always encourage. Your perspective isn't the only one. And so it's really, you have to get comfortable with being around different perspectives. Yes. Because you may see something that you would never have seen in your, in, you know, from your vantage point and someone else comes in with a completely different perspective and there's some people, especially leadership, that that, that makes them a little uncomfortable. But yes. the reality is that is how you become truly effective as an organization. Completely agree. Completely agree. Because when you have several different vantage points covered, you cover all your bases. 
and you're even more effective. So no, I, I think that's awesome. And I'm so excited that you are in the middle of that, helping to coordinate it. And, and I think it's a really, really unique role. What, what is it about all of these experiences, all of these opportunities that made you decide to lead differently? Because you're not leading like the traditional <laughs> CNO. Right. Um, and, and I think it's really, it speaks volumes of your company to bring you into that role and sort of say, make it your own. Right. So bring all of you. Yeah. You know, that, that is a really um, great question. You know, I'm not sure that initially my leadership style was necessarily a conscious decision. My nature mm. is just, I am very people centric. I appreciate mm-hmm. the differences. I love to see how those differences can be put together to do great things that's really a foundation of how I initially approached leadership, even as, you know, a nurse manager or even as a care team leader or charge nurse. I just very sincerely care and feel that being a leader is a real privilege and a responsibility. Mm -hmm. Um, My first priority has always been to build my team, uh, whether it be leaders or staff, and just understand how they work and what drives them. Over time, that became more of a conscious style, I would say, um, Mm. as like this mix of servant leadership and transformational leadership. As I learned more about those two, I really felt that you couldn't have one without the other. You couldn't be transformational unless you were able to be a servant leader to your team and get them to a spot where they needed to, to flourish. I think part of that maybe difference was just really a result of my upbringing. I grew Mm -hmm. up in a super caring and hardworking family in a very tiny town where you literally Mm. knew everyone. I'm talking like 500 people small. I began working at a really young age, loved it and worked in a variety of settings. Um, you know, I did the traditional, uh, roles that every, I swear, teenager does babysitting (laughs) and waitressing to my summer job that paid for my college, which was working for a road construction company where I did everything from office support, bookkeeping, to being a flag person on large construction projects. I mean, like this is kind of the crazy stuff that happens in life and it shapes you to, or it shaped me actually to understand how to be successful in very different environments. So just finding the enjoyment that I'm in, enjoyment in the work that I'm doing and the people that I'm working with. So it gave me a bit of a flexibility, I think, in my personal nature to Mm -hmm. um, enjoy different environments. So being in my new role has been a really conscious shift, not necessarily to how I personally lead, but shifting my thinking around how my team looks different. So I'm still Mm. learning what the needs are for those that I lead and serve. Mm -hmm. And then I help to find experts or teams who are doing fantastic work. And then though finding those who others want to learn from, and then I get to help share their story, whether it's through a large meeting or virtual or um, that's been really exciting for me. And I think you touch on, really a foundation of the work that I do in your answer. What I was hearing was people matter to me. Absolutely. Period. Yes. People 
matter to me. And leaders that lead from that core value are phenomenal at what they do. Well, I I appreciate you saying that. Um, I would hope that those that I've led feel that way. Um, (laughs) You know, I think that's a really big statement, but I do love people and I sincerely care about the people and teams that I'm leading. And, and it's not that I just care about being successful and meeting outcomes. I, I really do care about people getting what they need to develop themselves. So they're ready for their next thing. They're ready for their next adventure and they can go and flourish. That's satisfying. Yes. And it's so important in, in, you know, leaders themselves have to do a lot of internal work, right? To get to that place where you're comfortable, not only loving and respecting people, but also wanting everyone around you to succeed. Insecure leaders don't want that. Completely. Don't want that. And I, I can walk into an organization and spot it a mile, mile away. away. Yes, totally. <laughs> I can totally. Spot it. And, you know, to be in a place where you're like, no, I want, I want you to flourish. I yes. want everyone to flourish. People respond to that. And that's yes. one of the reasons I, I started this podcast because I'm like, no, 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 no. Everyone isn't toxic. Every leader isn't stuck in antiquated ways and approaches there are good leaders out here in different industries that actually care about you and and these are the leaders that you model totally it's these yes you're so right dr kim so here's the funny thing though and this is a conversation i've had with colleagues and mentors and it's so easy to remember that one toxic leader that you've had, because we've all had them and remember the feedback that they gave you. And you can push away all the positive feedback that leaders, other leaders have given you in the past. But I would just challenge anyone out there who's struggling to stop and give yourself the frame of reference and to say, it's okay. Like I, my personal worth does not rest in the opinion of one person who I, it, it rests in who I, who I believe and know that I am. We mm-hmm. all have things we should work on. That's reasonable. But that toxic leader can be really dangerous. Yes. It's really hard when you're in the midst of it. You can't see but clearly. You can't see clearly. And it's important to remember their toxicity has nothing to do with you. Yes. It's not you. You're totally it's right. It's not you. It, it, it's, this is beyond you. You Completely. just happen to be the target in front of them at the moment. Completely. Yes. <laughs> yes. And it can yes. be really hard to remember. You know, like you said, we've all had toxic leaders. And I talk about that in one of my books not necessarily toxic leadership, but if leadership isn't careful, when you lead from a place of people matter, it reduces the likelihood of you engaging in toxic behaviors that can cripple your team and ultimately cripple the organization. I think that's a great point. And I, I couldn't agree more. Yes. Yes. So our last question, what do you think is the number one challenge for leaders today? I think that's a really hard question. (laughs) I think that's hard because the challenge is truly that there isn't a number one challenge. The challenges Mm. are multifaceted and they're intertwined. 
It's the need to engage staff and leaders differently as the demands of the healthcare industry continue to increase, the patients are more complex, the financial pressures are higher, and the competition's fierce. Yes. Yes. It's so so I would say considering all of those factors, balance would likely be the number one challenge. So working to obtain a significant number of short-term goals while keeping your eye on the long-term goal in an environment of, of changing um, financial and pressures, it's, it's tough. When you have those kinds of challenges, it's interesting to see the isolation that happens. Sure, sure. The isolation that comes from that. And, and if, you know, I know a couple CEOs listen, if you're listening with this episode, I want you to know, stop trying to do it all alone because you can't, mm-hmm. you cannot, you cannot, you cannot. It was a lesson I had to learn as a leader. Um, it's, it's a lesson I think every leader learns and you bring up a really good point about the balance. Balance will look like a different thing for different people, depending on who they are as a person, the size of the organization, their regional location. I mean, it's complex. It's no one size fits all. So I, I think you you provided an interesting insight into that, that you know, when I hear employees voicing concerns about leadership, mm-hmm. I'm, I hope that they're listening to this episode because you bring a really unique perspective that, again, what you're seeing from your angle isn't the whole story. And yes. sometimes you need to take a step back and go, wait a minute, what does this leader really have on their plate? Yes. What's yes. going on? That's a great point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's going on? You know, I, I've, I've never had at least one coaching session with a high level leader, C-suite level. And the session isn't just questions and tears. Yes. Questions and tears, because the weight of what they are expected to carry, you know, it, 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 my heart hurts sometimes mm-hmm. when I look at how leaders can be vilified. And, you know, nine times out of 10, they're all not bad. Right. They all don't start off bad. Right. <laughs> at least they don't start off that way. Right. Um, stress does incredible things to people there's neuroscience and behind it literally their brain changes but it's really important if you're a leader at any level and you commit to the belief that people matter being able to step back and see the person yes in the role and (laughs) and I think too you know I think leaders need to focus on staying healthy and resilient themselves. Mm -hmm. I mean, it seems really counterintuitive to say, you know, how do you solve your challenges by focusing on yourself? But if you're not at your best, there's no way to solve the complexity in front of you. It it just begins to feel too big and too vast. Yes, yes, yes. So, you know, I can talk to you for hours. You too. (laughs) We're going to wrap up. And what's one lasting point that you would like our listeners to take away from, from you? So when they see your name in the future, this is what you're remembered for. 
Wow, that's a really big question, Kim. That carries a lot of weight. So <laughs> I would say to each leader, you're doing a great job. And remember yourself. Remember that if you're healthy, then you can shift your focus and you can and you can focus on your team. Build your mid-level managers, build your directors, help them be successful, help them to flourish so they're ready for their next adventure. Become that leader that you know you've had in your past that's really changed your journey and and be open to the exciting journey that you're on wow thank you so much nicole if you enjoyed this episode be sure to subscribe share and comment you can also head over to www.drkimhires.com to learn about additional ways to connect with dr kim join us next time to get another dose thanks for listening